0: debt, first-time investing, retirement planning, and so much more. We are the Biz 1440 KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Representative Liz Cheney facing some blowback after taking on the role of Chief Trump Detractor on the House hearings investigating January 6th. Wyoming voter Dean Finerty says he'll be voting for Cheney's GOP rival instead in November. I
1: voted for Cheney when she ran last time, and I won't vote for her ever again. I don't think she's represented the state of Wyoming like like she said she would.
0: But Cheney, uh, Cheyenne resident Martha Mulligan says she likes Liz Cheney.
1: She has our country in mind with, with everything she does, and she is she has a lot of integrity.
0: Former President Trump on the campaign trail last night went after the current administration as he suffered a GOP gubernatorial candidate in Arizona. The president tried to rally support for former TV news anchor Carrie Lake. And this is
1: SRN News.
2: Are you updating your home or remodeling your kitchen? Then look no further than PJ's Appliance to help you find quality appliances and keep your budget down. While many appliance stores have stocking issues, PJ's Appliance Outlets have added warehouse space to keep our stores stocked, so if you see it, you can take it. Hi, this is PJ. We take great pride in separating ourselves from those overpriced big-box stores. How? By simply providing over-the-top customer service and great quality appliances at unbeatable prices. PJ's Appliance Outlet has become the trusted go-to store for brand new scratch-and-dent appliances. You'll save hundreds, even thousands of dollars on brand new name brand refrigerators, ovens, washers, dryers, dishwashers, and so much more. Don't pay inflated prices for name brand appliances. Take the short drive to save big dollars at either our Plymouth or new Maplewood location. Visit us online at PJsApplianceOutlet.com. That's PJsApplianceOutlet.com. Where if you see it, you can take it. And every deal is a steal.
3: This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit nationalpolice.org.
4: Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management.
5: Is it his time?
6: Where's your height? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan.
7: Good morning and welcome to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm um, not sure what kind of day it's going to be here yet. Uh, looks like rain's rolling in up here in St. Cloud. Marshall manning the uh, boards down at the mothership. Uh, thank you for coming in and doing that for us today while while Daniel has some other uh, Salem duties uh, this weekend. Uh, needs to get to. We can't overwork the young guys, you know. But um, but us us older chaps, uh, yeah, we just keep on going and going. That's sort of survival of the fittest, right? I feel the um, pain. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. The number to call with your questions and comments. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. 4477 we are. Uh, I, I, let me let me reset this. It says Marshall's kind of new. This is the only second time he's done the show. Um, uh, there's a pattern to the King Banyan show that is basically driven by when do we know to, you know, we know a couple of things that help us set our calendar. One of them is the economic data releases. And we always talk about the data. We're going to in a few moments talk about the data and that drives it. But the data comes in different pieces and takes different lengths of time to lay out so we talk about job saturday and job saturday was always sort of like well the jobs report's going to dominate the show that week and it's always the first saturday after the first friday of the month in which the jobs report is given right so we always take that thing apart and lots of the show revolves around that the third week or the second week, we usually had the other data that tells us how an economy is going. The 15th of the month is right around where we get a lot of the data points. We've even evolved that now to talking about inflation Saturday as as opposed to job Saturday because, of course, inflation is a primary topic. And we will talk about that a fair amount today, We quite a bit, in fact. Um because I wanted, but I'm setting you up for something here, because what happens when we get to the end of the month, once you get past the 20th of most months, you pretty much don't have much data coming in, except there's one report that's the personal income report that comes usually right in that last week of a month, and then you roll over and you do job Saturday again, right? So... Once a quarter, quarter, we get the initial GDP report. That's next week. And so I'm already going to tell you what next week's show is. Because, as I told Marshall uh, in the green room, next week's show is going to be written this week. And it's being written by the GDP report for quarter two, in which everyone's going to be talking about why is there a recession because we got two negative prints of GDP. I now more think than not that the second quarter number is going to come in negative. I wouldn't be surprised if positive, but I would say probably 60 40 on the negative side. And that's just a mind I've had changed in the last week. And I'll tell you in a few minutes why that's so. And then, of course, the Fed meets on on Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll get the, everybody anticipates 75 basis points on that. Because I know next week is going to be Jerome Powell heavy. I'm not going to talk about the Fed this week, right? So that still leaves me with this one week in which I don't necessarily have the usual set of data coming in. And I like this week of every month because it gives me a chance to be a little more creative, to dig down into topics that we don't normally get into in the regular churn of schedules that we get here at the King Banyan show and so I get a little more time to talk about things Uh, and and I had intended and I think I teased you last week with the idea that we might get to talk about crypto this week and talking about the collapse of the Celsius network unfortunately the guest I wanted to have contacted me overnight today just last night uh, I'd already gone to bed. He, it, it came in after midnight and said, you know what, I can't do it this weekend. Could I do it next weekend? And as I said, next two weeks I've got GDP report and Fed next week and job Saturday two weeks from now. And even though we'll do inflation Saturday three weeks from now, I'm going to make time. That's probably the week I can get him in. And so – so we'll get we'll get uh, Chase uh, Larson, uh, uh, our crypto expert from up here in Central Minnesota, uh, talking to us uh, in a few weeks. And we'll, trust me, there's still more to go on in crypto. And it's uh, and August is always a slower month, so I'm pretty sure I'll have plenty of news to share. So here's what I want to do. That's that's about five minutes of setup for what I. What do you want to do today, then, King? We're going to talk about the data first. Take me about five to ten minutes to do that. And then what I'd like to do is take the rest, as much time as needed to tease out what's happening in the economy and the rest of the world. I, I, my general point are, is three things. One, if I just take the three major economies of the world, the United States, China, and the EU as an all-together and I'm not counting the UK in this, and I'm going to set the UK to one side for the most part today. I, I, I really want to focus on three econ- the three major economies, and what I, and, or two. I want to focus on the EU, and I want to focus on China to talk about what's different between them and then maybe point that back toward the United States to say, so... What's different about the experience we're having versus what's happening elsewhere? I think what's happening to us is different, but in a way that I don't think is well discussed in the media generally. And I don't even think it's very well discussed. I I have, what's the polite word for this? Heterodox views about, about what's happening in the world economy relative to my Economist colleagues Don't think I'm thinking about this The same way a lot of people are There are a lot of people who have done a really good job Analyzing the United States You've heard me give praise to uh, Larry Summers You've heard me give praise to Mohammed el uh, I think they've both nailed the United States But they don't really talk about China They don't really talk about Europe I read a lot about those places People that know my past uh, You know The sh- the show intro says you know, he used to be a state rep. Yep, I was for a couple of years. It really wasn't that big a part of my life, I have to tell you. When they when they write when they write the you know to me it's like it'll be in my resume, but I but in terms of what I did in the legislature, it doesn't need to be in the eulogy. Um. What I do with students here, I hope, is in the eulogy. I hope some of the other things I've done in my life are in the eulogy. But I, I, what I did in the legislature, eh. Eh, it's okay. But one of the things I did that maybe should be in the eulogy is I got the chance to travel and, and actually engage my, my economic thinking and my, my writing and some research in other parts of the world. And so I pay a lot of attention to Europe. I pay a lot of attention to China. I did some advising in Mongolia. Okay? You can't advise in Mongolia without constantly thinking about what's China doing. What's China doing? You're caught between China to your south and Russia to your north. Lousy! It's a lousy neighborhood. And And I've advised in a lot of lousy neighborhoods. I've advised in Armenia, which has Russia to the north and Iran to the south. That's not so fun. And Turkey on... Turkey to its west, Azerbaijan to its to its east. It's surrounded by terrible neighbors, with the exception of Georgia. Um, I've advised in Macedonia, which, um, which is, um, which has Greece to one side. Excuse me, North Macedonia, because we can't call it Macedonia because it makes the Greeks mad. Um, there's a story in itself, uh, but. They have bad neighbors. Um, so the one place I've, I've advised, you know, and I've in, and as many, people, many of you know, I was an advisor in Ukraine for a full year. I lived in Kiev back in the 90s. Um, it's, it, and it's, it's heartbreaking to watch the pictures coming from there. Um, so I've always ended up being an advisor in bad neighborhoods. I drew the line when they said, well, could you work in the Palestinian territories? And I said, ah, I got kids not doing that so anyway here's what i want to do i'll do the i'll do the u.s economic situation and give you sort of a quick feel for why i think we're probably going to end up with a negative gdp number on thursday um but it but i'm not going to talk about the fed we're going to peel off right away from there to talk about what's happening in europe because i think europe is i think europe is really really an issue there um and then and then we're going to do China then we'll we'll turn to China and we're going to talk about all of the issues that China experiencing as well. Um, China's in a really tough place. And if you ha- and if you pay a lot of attention to the news you listen to on these stations you might be miss- you might in fact be missing that. So we're going to talk about that, those things right after this. You are listening to the King Banyan show on the Biz 1440.
5: The
8: sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing
0: in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to the Biz
8: 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
5: Optima Tax
0: Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com.
1: The power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions, and it just makes them better adults. Hi, I'm Jeff. Hi, I'm Trish. And we're from Oakdale. Jeff
6: and Trish use the half-off tuition program for both of their sons' Christian education. That's half price for the first year of tuition at participating Twin Cities schools.
1: The half-off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family.
6: Details at TwinCitiesTuitions.com.
0: And cyberspace. And I am
1: proud to be a member. And of I'm you. proud to serve in the United and States. And I am America. proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve.
0: AFreserve.com
6: Hi, everyone. This is Mary Carey from America's number one travel radio show, inviting you to join Robert and me and Rudy each Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel and explore the world together on RM World Travel.
0: Tune in this Sunday evening at 7.
7: Welcome back, King Banging Show. The Biz 1440. Thank you for listening today. 651-289-4477. The number to call with your questions and comments today. Um, Let's do a quick review. And and I'm going to tie these points to to our major topic today, which is what's happening in, in Europe? What's happening in China? And how does it relate back to what's happening in the United States? Okay, so... Here's the biggest piece of news, and it comes from the fact that you're looking at your gas station. You pump, as you're pumping gas, you're like, "Wow, the bill's down a little bit." Hmm. We have we my my wife who drives a smaller car um, comes to me and says, "I paid sixty four dollars for gas," and I said, "Yeah, isn't that great?" She says, "No, that's the most I've paid yet." And I said, "How much gas did you pump?" She said. I guess I was pretty low and I'm like, well then that'll do it. Um but my gas bill you know, I can tell that, you know, I was when I pump it pretty much the same time in terms of where the gas gauge is and it's down it's down you know, five, ten bucks versus where it was before. But in general I think um we're beginning to believe that uh market uh M A M A R K I T, which is a which is a group that does uh, purchasing manager, manager uh, indexes around the world and can compare them from country to country, finds that in most places, pricing pressures, according to the purchasing managers, are moderating. They are g- that on the wholesale side, you're beginning to see people say, these purchasing managers say, it looks like I'm paying a little bit less for my inputs as I than I was before. And that's beginning to show up on that's beginning to show up on uh, uh various in various parts of the of uh the, the world. However that does have that does have an impact on on the those PMIs, purchasing manager indexes PMI uh those PMIs are signaling some really uh tough times Particularly in manufacturing right now. Um, about the United States economy, market says manufacturing is stalled, service sectors rebound from the pandemic has gone into reverse. At, this is a quote. As the tailwind of pent-up demand has been overcome by the rising cost of living, higher interest rates, and growing gloom about the economic outlook. Unquote. You can see this in the manuf- in the. The, each of the Federal Reserves, I don't think they all do, but most of them have a manufacturing index that they measure economic activity within their own districts. So Philly was down much more than expected. Um, the six-month outlook is down to a negative 18.6. That means 18.6% of the respondents more said it was going to go down than said it was gonna, that their next six months was going to look better. Now expectations have eased, but you also see that capital spending is falling as higher interest rates I think are going to impact business investment uh, business investment has been a significant uh engine for the recovery since 2020 uh, and we're seeing that that number's beginning to dial back a little just a little bit um, one big set of numbers that came out this week uh in the US economy was housing starts. Uh they were they were down 20,000 uh versus uh the estimate for, but May was revised up uh and also April and and March were revised up. But single family starts went were down to 982,000 from 1070 uh, you know Uh, 1.07 million excuse me so we've had three negative months in a row on uh, housing starts and we're now down at the lowest level since June of 2020 I have been pointing out and this is more for my own region up here in central Minnesota but I think it's true in other parts of the country if you look at your employment data and you say what areas have grown the most in many parts of the country, construction has been the leader. We cannot have housing starts continuing to decline. There is a backlog of work that people have had put in place for things they want to have worked on house. We had some, some landscaping we wanted to get done. and We thought we we initially had an agreement with them in June. Here it is late July, and they're like, well, it probably would be September before we get to you. And we said, you know what? By September, it's kind of the end of the season. Why don't we just reload and come back to you, come back to you next spring, and maybe we can maybe we can get it done next year. So we're going to try to do that. Mortgage rates still hanging around the five and three quarters. If you listen to the real estate chalk talk show, just to previous to us here on the Biz fourteen forty, you you would hear there's houses out there for sale. I'm mean, you know as so I listen to those guys, I'm like oh, so I like some nice houses, and think to myself hmm why are they on the market? Hmm, That's interesting. Purchases uh were down 7.3% uh 19% year over year for purchases of of uh of uh, how, uh, mortgage mortgages for purchase. Um, and nobody's getting refi's anymore. All the refi activity happened last year, so that that's over. Um but um but and then the last thing on the on the uh, housing market, I think is that the uh, National Association of Home Builders has its own uh, builders confidence index it's at fifty five versus sixty seven in June, ten points below what was thought it was going to happen and it's the weakest since May of 2020. These numbers are returning back to the levels that we experienced in the depths of the pandemic right in that initial period um that's both. That that's uh, traffic's down, and everything. Here's a quote from the National Association of Realtors: uh, Production bottlenecks, rising home building costs, high inflation, are causing many builders to halt construction because the cost of land, construction, and financing exceeds the market value of the home. In another sign of softening market, 13% of builders in the survey. Reported reducing home prices in the past month to bolster sales and/or cancellations. Uh, Affordable uh, and, and 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 adding affordability is the greatest challenge facing the housing market. Significant segments of the home buying population are priced out of the market. Put that together and. Housing and construction. I mean, there's a lot of work done on the theory of what causes business cycles that focuses on the housing sector. So, if you're a person that that believes housing is a very cyclical and important sector of the U.S. economy, these numbers are just not good. And for us here in Central Minnesota, we're I'm just beginning to queue up uh, our work on. Um, Our work on uh, uh, the next quarterly Business Report, which will get published in September. So that work is just starting right now. And I am quite, quite concerned about what we're going to find about construction. Right now, building permits in this local area have been holding up pretty nicely, not the level they were last year, which was, like, just amazing. Um... Just amazing amount of growth there, um, but that looks like that might have been like a one-year bubble, and we're going back to the levels we felt in the late uh, late 2010s, um, which isn't bad. But I mean, I am curious if we'll see continued softening in that in that segment over the second half of 2021. Put that together, and for me, the United States, you know, what what really looks like is happening right now. Is that in the United States, you're seeing the signs of how the pressures toward a peak and then a recession afterwards are building? Let me give you one more one more piece here. Um, uh, one other thing that we noted it, it noted in the data this week was that that foreigners were buying a net 88.9 billion dollars of U.S. notes and bonds in May. They are plowing into U.S. treasuries. Um, that is not... Um, that is not um, huge in terms... It, it, there's some, a lot of things going on underneath that. Japan is selling U.S. treasuries. Right? And they're doing that to somewhat support their own currency China is selling U.S. securities they sold 15 billion dollars and they've now gone from having 1.1 to 1.2 trillion which is what they had in the mid-2010s they now have less than a trillion dollars of U.S. securities they have been selling into that into that level so Asia altogether has sold out $25.4 $25.4 billion of notes. Europe bought $40 billion. Uh, The UK makes up more of this, makes up most of this. Um, so Europe is buying bonds. Asia is selling bonds. But here's the other thing. Where are most of the bonds getting bought? The Cayman Islands. So what's that about? That's hedge funds. That's insurance companies. It's U.S. It's u s companies and u s uh, high high net worth individuals buying our buying u s bonds now because the interest rates have gotten to a point where, hey, a three percent return doesn't look too bad. I think I could accept that, particularly on a two year treasury. Um, that looks like a pretty good deal. So you are seeing that kind of buying happening. The reason I point this out is because in Europe and in Asia, their interest rates are significantly lower than ours. So you would expect at some point we're going to see foreign investment into U.S. securities. That will widen our trade deficit. But before that happens, the first thing that happens is the U.S. dollar becomes very strong which is good for these other countries because they can send goods to us cheaper. It'll make our trade deficit worse as a result. But a strong dollar, which, you know, there are people that think that symbolizes U.S. strength. Yes, the U.S. economy is stronger than these other countries right now, but a lot of that is because in the the rate hike cycle that the U.S. is going through, that the Fed is going through our our bonds are paying more than some other places but you know where they're not paying more is italy italy you get more even though they they have they trade on the euro it's not because of that why is italy in that situation that's going to turn us to our next topic right after these messages you are listening to the king Banyan show on the biz 1440
0: Call 800-341-8735 now.
1: Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. Free, what a great word. We're often asked if we give free estimates. The truth is that very little is actually free, but we absolutely do offer free, no-obligation estimates on roofing, siding, gutters, and windows, and we feel privileged to do so. This makes me think of the incredible cost of salvation, so costly that nobody, nobody can afford it. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, The only way to pay our sin debt is with death. Ouch. The verse continues with, But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Honestly, there is very little cost to us doing an estimate for you, and we actually get the benefit of meeting you too. But think of the cost of salvation. If you have any questions about your home's exterior or about the free gift of salvation, please look us up at thekingdombuilders.com.
7: Welcome back, King Benny's show, The Biz 1440. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, good to be with you. Let's let's turn our attention elsewhere. Okay. Um, as I noted it, it, it in the first segment today, I think the U.S. economy will pivot to, you know, we'll have a second quarter negative GDP growth. Does that mean that we're in a recession? No. You've heard me talk about this. We're going to we're going to save that topic for next week when we actually have the gdp data which will come on thursday this week so we're going to wait on that topic uh, until then uh i will um i can i continue to believe that that we have not actually entered a recession yet and i've given my reasons and we'll will have another month's worth of data to add to that yeah, along with the uh Q, the second quarter information uh in uh, in in a little in well in about 5 days 6 days so we'll have answers then and we'll wait till then to to get to get those to you um so let me turn my attention first to Europe i mentioned during the show last week that in italy um you had an economic you you had a government collapse and these collapse fairly regularly um, as uh, these governments collapse fairly regularly, um, it there, but they had a basically a unity government led by Mario Draghi. Now, if you're a regular listener of the King Banging Show here on the Biz 1440, you know that Mario Draghi used to be the head of the European Central Bank, he is famous for the phrase, whatever it takes, in terms of. Of stopping the unemployment and, and keeping and keeping the European the, the, Euro, the Eurozone together, he said they would do quote whatever it takes. Um, I heard the phrase referred to last night uh, by somebody on Wall Street Week, referring to a Draghi recession. I'm like, what does that mean? And it means the that his belief is the federal reserve would do whatever it takes to whatever it takes to get inflation out of the system because he just can't. Oh, I remember who it was Jeff Lacker who used to be a, used to be the president of the Richmond fed. So an insider kind of comment. Um, and I, I don't know. If it's true, but my point is Draghi is, was there not for his political skills, although, I believe any central banker has to have political skills to be successful. But he didn't win an election for that for that reason. He was there as largely a technocrat trying to navigate Italy through its post-COVID uh recovery with a focus on economic issues. Uh he he lost the support his there's fixed terms to the parliament's uh, to the parliament in Italy, just as there is in most countries. And so, a new election was going to be coming next spring, at any rate. One of the one of the um, one of the groups that was in the uh, that was in the Italian government with Draghi, which was meant to be basically. Not truly a unity coalition, but largely a group that had people from around the country. Um, From around around Italy, in terms of the left right spectrum of politics in that country. One of them that was in there, major one, is the Five Star League. Okay? And he was basically compelled uh, to leave because they lost. They lost uh, um, the five star league, and then, then, and along with that, uh, Forza Italia, which uh, is the original right wing party of the tw- of basically the twenty first century in Italy. It's the uh, Silvio Berlusconi party, and and uh, and then La Liga, uh, which is the league, which is well to the right it's basically the it's basically like uh, the uh, alternatives for germany party or um the le pen party in in france the league is that and, and everyone tries to say the five star movement is you know is a far right party it's like well they're not as far right as some groups in that that are able to get seats in the Italian parliament um, so but it's a, but it's a real issue uh, for Europe because Italy is a is not a small country i mean if there were problems in Greece you could kind of just sort of finesse your way around that because in terms of the entirety of the of the EU economy Greece just isn't that big. With all due respect to my friends from Greece, but it's not a big enough economy that, that the that people are going to be very upset about about uh, um, Greece having a problem. Maybe even compelled to leave the EU. There is no EU without Italy. It makes no sense. They talked about it. If you go back in the history of the formation of the the Eurozone and the European Union as it's presently constructed, there was a period of time where they talked about two-speed Europe with the northern countries, Germany, Belgium, Netherlands, Luxembourg. Denmark would have probably been in that group although the danes had some issues similar to the uk in terms of joining the european union and of course the of course denmark does not does not use the euro it has its own currency the kroner but austria would have been in that group so germany austria the benelux countries and because they couldn't stand the idea of being outside of it france um those two countries, those countries were likely, those countries were talked about as going at a different speed. There was a debate back in the 90s about, should France really be with those other countries? Because back then, their deficits were much higher. In retrospect, it's turned out the, the European Union has been good for France, generally speaking. But it's been great for Germany. Because Germany, by saying, I don't want to speed Europe, I want everybody in, and Coming up with how the Italians could be in the eurozone, and then allowing these other countries in Spain and Portugal and Greece and and Ireland and, and 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 so forth, by getting these other countries into the eurozone and trading in euros, you develop this very good policy for. Um, you built this great wall of. Uh, of support in Germany for giving up its monetary independence in return for a European Central Bank that is, frankly, dominated by Germany and France. And on most monetary policy matters, those two are, are just united, joined at the hip to do so. So I found what the European Central Bank did this week supremely interesting so let me, let me talk a little bit about that uh, we're going to use a few cuts so on Thursday of this week much anticipated, the anticipation was that the European Central Bank, which had been maintaining its its basic it's comparable to the Fed funds rate its, its interbank rate was pegged at at a negative 0.5%. The anticipation was that they were going to raise it, but only by 25 basis points, so that you still would have had a negative quarter percent rate on the rate at which banks were lending to each other. Think about that. Remember, Europe has Eurozone inflations at 8.6% compared to the 9.1% number here in the states their CPI is at 8.6%. Now they calculate their numbers a little bit differently than we do. I don't think of them as being completely comparable but they're pretty close. So she comes out and surprises everybody by saying, "No, we're not going to a we're not going to just raise by a quarter point. We're actually going to raise by 50 basis points. Let's go ahead and play the first cut of this just before we take a little break here. Uh, cut number one, please, Marshall.
6: The Governing Council judged that it is appropriate to take a larger first step on its policy rate normalization path than signaled at its previous meeting. This decision is based on our updated assessment of inflation risks and the reinforced support provided by the TPI for the effective transmission of monetary policy. It will support the return of inflation to our medium-term target by strengthening the anchoring of inflation expectations and by ensuring that demand conditions adjust to deliver our inflation target in the medium term.
7: So, I mean, if you... There's two things that are in there that are very important. One, the inflation forecast is so is so far out there, we're going to have to go harder than we thought. This would be like the Fed this week deciding to go to 100 basis points rather than the 75 they've announced. Or not announced, but they've, they've said, every pet Fed official out there has said 75, 75, 75. And them coming out with 100, which is what they did last time. They kept saying 50 and then hit us with 75. At the last minute, well, they just did the same thing, and so the other thing we got to talk about is what is this TPI thing? Well, it relates directly, at least in my view, it relates directly to this conversation we're having about Italy right now, because the Italians now have to have an election next in, in September, and nobody wants these these parties, these right wing parties to come back into power. And so I think they're going to get a little assist from the uh, European Central Bank. How does that work? We'll tell you right after this. You are listening to The King Daniel Show on The Biz 1440.
0: 1440, KYCR Golden Valley.
9: Dad, why do you get so many phone calls? Well, son, many people need help with their homes after a bad storm. I want to be available to answer their calls no matter the day. Bad weather doesn't know it's Sunday, right? You know what? I want to be just like you when I grew up so I can help people too. Hi, I'm Alex, Sales Manager at Estate Claims Services. You know, I share that fond memory of a conversation with my son to show Estate Claims Services commitment to our customers. We know storms don't wear a watch. You may not be available during our normal office hours. But relax, knowing that whenever you call, we're going to answer. It's the same with all our customers, because when you hire us to repair the storm damage on your home, you're working with a local Twin Cities company. We're not a storm chasing company. We're here when you need us, and we'll be around long after the work is finished. Check us out online at estateclaimservices.com. Estate Claims Services, your local, available anytime storm repair company. Search State claim Services online today. Call my dad today.
5: Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world.
8: The Stone Arch Bridge, the St. Paul Skyline, Gooseberry Falls. You can own one of hundreds of iconic Minnesota images captured by award-winning Twin Cities photographer Wayne Moran for half the regular price. You'll get a signed 36-inch print of your choice for your home, office, or to give as a gift. Normally $500, yours for only $250. Only five of these special print offers are available. So call the station at 651-289-4413. That's 651-289-4413. Next week is
1: the business benefactor for Jack's Basket. Since 2014, Jack's Basket has celebrated over 5,000 babies with Down syndrome. For details, go to jacksbasket.org and keep listening to this station to hear how you can help. Sightseeing in Ferris,
8: at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you
0: are. Listen to the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
7: Welcome back, King banging Show. The Biz 1440. I'm just going to tell you how different this is and how weird uh, uh, this is. Um, I just tweeted to you the uh, a chart of the spread between Italian and German bonds. I'm going to tell you why that matters right now. If you go back and look, this is so. This is two. These are 10-year government bonds then this is the spread between them they trade in the same currency so there's no currency risk between them this is simply a statement about the likelihood right though it's just that one bonds backed by the german government the other bonds backed by the italian government if you go back and can remember if you go back and r- listen to the the archive i think you can go all the way i haven't never checked to see if you can Go back ten years. I don't know if we've got that much of our information back there, but if you go to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com dot com, and you uh, you got to be a member of the VIP club. But trust me, it's not that much email. Won't be you, you won't you won't get your box filled with spam. Trust me on this. Um, the um, you can go back and look and find old show, old King Banyan shows. We were doing this back in twenty ten and twenty eleven, and what were we talking about? We were talking about, about what was happening with, with the pigs. The pigs were Portugal, Ireland, Italy, Greece, and Spain, right? The five countries in the periphery of Europe that were suffering badly from the, uh, the effects of the great financial crisis and, the, and how the European Union tried to fight that. If I go back all the way to there, the interest, the spread between German and Italian bonds was five, five hundred and twenty-two basis points. Um, that's five point two percent. Meaning, borrowing in the same currency from the Italian, from the Italian government, rather than the rather than the German government, gave you a spread. You could get five percent more interest off the Italian bond. That dropped in twenty twelve to three point two. It dropped in twenty thirteen to two point two. Um, it was at 2.5 in 2018 when they had when they had a bit of a crisis over there. I don't have time to talk about that this hour, but we're now currently at 242. Okay, we're currently at 242 for that number.
4: And go Italy, that, yeah,
7: go <laughs> Italy, right? I
4: I I can say that, sir. And I sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, professor, but uh, Petrella's my maternal name.
7: <laughs> ah. Ah, yeah, well, this is not a good place for Italy to be in, right? And so why did the, the the ECB is looking at this and again, I will say remember Mario Draghi, whatever it takes to keep the Europeans the European the eurozone and the European Central Bank functioning will do whatever it takes is the they created quantitative easing. So they raise interest rates. It's the first time they raised interest rates since 2011, and you can see what happened in 2011. So along with this, you heard Christine Lagarde talk about TPI, right? Right? Which is meant to be a way in which they would protect they would protect the the, uh, the they would protect interest rates from going up too high in in Italy and in other countries like this. So, yeah, we have time. Let's play cut number two, please. Cut two. Christine Lagarde.
6: At our upcoming meetings, further normalization of interest rates will be appropriate.
7: Right. So, she meaning they're going to take the rate positive. Nor, now, how far will they go? Well, we think the Fed's going to go to at least 2.5%, which is the highest they've been since the great financial crisis in 2008. I do not expect that that the European Central Bank will take their rates even to 1.5% in the process of normalization, because they can't afford to. So let's just go ahead and play this. Let's cut three.
6: To raise the three key ECB interest rates by 50 basis points, and approved the transmission protection instrument that I will refer to as TPI.
7: So what was TPI cut for?
6: We assessed that the establishment of the TPI is necessary to support the effective transmission of monetary policy. In particular, as we continue normalizing monetary policy, the transmission protection instrument will ensure that our monetary policy stance is transmitted smoothly across all Euro-area countries. The singleness of our monetary policy is a precondition for the ECB to be able to deliver on its price stability mandate. The TPI will be an addition to our toolkit and can be activated to counter unwarranted disorderly market dynamics that pose a serious threat to the transmission of monetary policy across the euro area.
7: So the very short of this, because we've got to run away to a break in a little bit, is that, that's what that music means, is that they know it's going to have an impact on Italy, and so they've set up a, a fund to defend the Italian bonds and any other country's bonds in the eurozone. So the...
4: it's no secret america we've been let down inflation is taking its toll in the grocery stores the products we buy and the pain of every it's visit no secret to- america we've been let down inflation is taking its toll in the grocery stores the products we buy and the pain of every visit to the gas pump At Upside, we're fighting back with our free app that pays you back serious money on every tank of gas or diesel, up to 25 cents per gallon, just for using the Upside app, no strings attached. Upside users have already been paid back a total of more than $250 million. With inflation and the soaring price of gas, it's easy to feel like you're losing control. But with Upside's free app, you can start putting money back in your wallet with every gallon. Whenever you want, cash out with PayPal, an e-gift card, or transfer the money directly into your bank account. Download the free Upside app and get cash back on every gallon of gas. Use promo code SALEM for an additional 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first fill-up. That's promo code S-A-L-E-M. Remember, use promo code SALEM when you download the free Upside app and get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank of gas. Cash back's not available in gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin.